Hey, everyone. Uh, thanks for tuning in. We are tackling some more of our character deep dives. We just did Jim and Pam separately and as a couple. Now we will be doing Dwight and Angela, which will be a lot of fun. They have both changed quite a lot over the series. So this this one was really fun to prep for. It was. And, you know, just because it has been a while, I thought we could take just a quick second to give a life update um, before we start officially. Yeah. So how how's life been going, Katie? Life's been really good. Uh, just started just started a new job a couple of weeks ago, which has been crazy, um, but good. No longer in restaurants, bless. Uh, <laughs> married now for like five months, which is absolutely insane. Is that true? Five months, something like that. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, just about. Which is, yeah, which past. has been wonderful. Um, highly recommend it. And <laughs> yeah, life's been really good. Daylight savings is tonight, so I'm about to be uh. even happier. Um, that's me. <laughs> How are you? I'm good. Uh, I am officially a brace face. I got braces last week. Yeah. Um, so that, that's, How you feeling? that's been new. Oh, it's been okay. Um, the, the pain isn't really there anymore. It only lasted for a day or two. Um, still got a couple kind of sensitive teeth, but it's not that big a deal. Um, the biggest issue is trying to play my instruments. <laughs> mm, so I'm still making yeah. those adjustments and I'm on my spring break right now. So I brought my instrument home and I will at some point be practicing, practicing a little bit to see, uh, how things go. I but, didn't even think about that. Yeah. Oy. That's why I, I, I had Invisalign for two and a half years, everybody. And it did not do what it set out to do. We were trying to fix an overbite. I've got a really bad overbite. And so, uh, Invisalign did not do the trick. Two and a half years and 93 sets of trays later, the dentist was like, yeah, sorry, it didn't work. (laughs) This podcast is not brought to you by Invisalign. No. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But thankfully, I'm not any more out of pocket going for my braces. My dentist, who I did Invisalign through, not in ortho, I did Invisalign through my dentist, and that might have been part of the issue. Uh, But they refunded the cost of my Invisalign towards braces, and so I didn't have to pay a cent. Yeah. Wow. Um, Cool. So that's the biggest update for me. Um, Cinescope is still going strong, uh, which yeah. has been fun. I'm recording a new episode this next week, and I still have one that I'm sitting on that I have to edit this weekend. Um, and other than that, I don't think there's anything else to really talk about yet. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so let, let's go ahead and get started talking about uh, Dwight first. So uh, what do you have to say about Dwight at the beginning? Or do you want me to start since you started off with Jim last episode? Uh, go for it. Okay. So I, I, again, put Dwight in phases of seasons. Um, and for season one, I just put annoying coworker, but proven to be good at his job. <laughs> yep. And that's pretty much all I had to say about him right off the bat. And I mean, we get all of his eccentricities thrown at us pretty quickly. Um, some of the, some of which we're learning were improv. Um, I think it was Greg Daniels, who was on the Office Ladies podcast a couple weeks ago. And said, yeah, the whole Dwight's family being Amish thing, that came from an improvisation by hmm. Rain Wilson. Um, the whole Dwight is shrewd talking head. <laughs> um, so we we get a lot of character, a lot of character from Dwight really, really quickly. And that's that's how we start off with him, at least. There's not a whole lot else aside from him being sort of the foil to Jim. Yeah, he is super abrasive. He is socially awkward. He's very tense. He puts Michael on a pedestal, which is a huge thing. Mm-hmm. He really respects authority and really respects Michael. Is that because he likes Michael as a person or because he likes Michael because he's his boss? I don't know quite yet. Uh, or at least we don't in season one, maybe season two. He is very serious. 
very serious. And when he's funny, when he's in a funny mood, it's still weird. <laughs> he's just like, <laughs> he's, his idea of letting loose is no one else's idea of letting loose, uh, except for maybe Angela, but we'll get to that later. Um, yeah, he takes himself and his job very seriously. Regarding his follow, blind following of Michael, uh, he does start off that way, but then it's pretty quickly that we realize that maybe his dedication is more to Dunder Mifflin than to Michael because we get the coup uh, where he tries to overstep Michael for the betterment of the company at Angela's encouragement. Um, and he tries to take Michael's job by going straight to Jam, Jan. And Michael proves that he can be a good boss, even though it's a weird confrontation and the punishment is weird. Uh, he, he does exercise his authority over Dwight and show him his place. And I guess that might ultimately make Dwight respect Michael more. Um, but then uh, I don't want to jump too far ahead with their relationship yet, but we do see that in the first couple of seasons. But then in seasons two and three, we start to see that Dwight is capable of human emotion and interactions through his secret relationship with Angela. And, you know, really, they're not a bad match. Uh, I don't want to talk too much specifically about the relationship yet, but they're not a bad match. He's weird, but they both admire rules and following rules and are all about going to work and doing work. And they're, 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 neither of them are there to waste time or to break rules. Yeah, I think the wasting time thing is huge. They, I mean, I still kind of can't imagine what they would like talk about because <laughs> uh -huh. they're both just so serious. Uh, but they do have a lot in common. Their personalities seem to get along really well. But again, we're not there yet. Dwight uh, is the kind of guy, though, that like when Angela gets him a Valentine's Day gift, he's shocked. Shocked. Like, he doesn't seem like the kind of guy to appreciate gifts. They seem frivolous, especially when it's something like a bobblehead. Um, to me, it's always... I don't know. It's, it's, it's kind of funny that he was so happy with that gift, especially since he didn't get anything for her um, because he's not the kind of guy that thinks of presents. He's non-materialistic. He probably has three shirts, two pairs of pants, you know, a pair of shoes. Like he's, he's very uh, rigid and, and, and he doesn't need much. And it's, it's cool to see him Again, I'm sorry, we're kind of throwing in the relationship here, but it's, it's cool to see him with somebody who has, I don't know, a bit more of a grasp on niceties and on how things go, on how things are done in relationships and in society. Yeah, that's true. Angela does give him lessons on how to be a proper person and how to interact with people. So there he's learning from her in that respect once they get together um in this time seasons two and three we also see how dwight is capable of being a good friend uh with his reactions to pam again mm -hmm. pam and michael had a pretty uh strong bond forged early on and dwight and pam have a, a bond uh in the injury uh admittedly when he's concussed but they they get along really well <laughs> and then in back from vacation uh, when she's crying over Jim being with Karen in season three and he approaches her and comforts her and says, who did this to you? Like he, he's ready to, to go get somebody in, in defense of Pam. Um, and yeah, it, it's ultimately, he thinks she's, she's PMSing or whatever, but it's, it's still him seeking to comfort a friend when she's feeling down. 
Um, so we, we do see those really human moments that start to come out of seasons two and three. Yeah. He's loyal, um, as, as a key part of his character, he's loyal Mm -hmm. to his company. He's loyal to the friends he does have. Like Dwight and Pam are not close necessarily. They're friends, they're work friends, but I have a feeling like Dwight would, he would put himself in harm's way to protect Pam, (laughs) you know? Mm-hmm. Um, he's very, very loyal to those he cares about. And it takes a lot to get him to care about you, but once he cares about you, that's it. And, uh, that's a really, really admirable trait. I agree. Um, in season four, we get the whole sprinkles debacle and Dwight breaks up from Angela. And unfortunately that's not something, I mean, it's his fault, but he was also trying to do the right thing by the animal even if it was kind of ultimately the wrong thing by the animal, considering the scratch marks inside the freezer. <laughs> um, but he, he was trying to do a noble thing. And unfortunately, it just beca- it's from his upbringing. It's the way he is working with animals on a farm all the time. Um, but after Angela breaks up with him because of it, we start to see how depressed he can be, absent from those really human interactions we were talking about. We see uh, in Dunder Mifflin Infinity, when he enters the sales contest with the website to impress Angela or in money when Pam and Jim stay overnight at his not bed and breakfast and they hear him moaning in the middle of the night, uh, morning. And he has Angela's cherub figurine that he, he claimed to not have earlier in the episode, but he's there uh, admiring it in the absence of Angela. And it's a real low point for him in the series. I don't, I don't know if it's his lowest point, but it's, it's a low point for him for sure. Yeah, he doesn't handle rejection super well. We've seen that throughout the series. Mm -hmm. He is such a hard worker that, I don't know, I feel like he's been given a lot of things because of his work. And so he works to win Angela back and it doesn't work. And he doesn't doesn't take that well. He mourns. That's that's the right word. Uh, He mourns for a while. And we see that later in the series when he's denied the manager position over and over. He gets rough. I mean, he he looks bad. He's he's depressed, like properly depressed about it and switches jobs and lets his stubble grow, which never would have happened before. And he, I don't know, I, I feel like there are a few things that are the core of who he is. And when those are shaken, it's it's big and bad. Yeah. Uh, goodness, I had a train of thought and I lost it. Um, I, I think maybe his lowest is when Andy and Angela get together uh, as sort of Angela's revenge on Dwight in a certain way. He's really struggling. Um, I think of the moment when Andy was trying, he, Andy's trying to buddy up with Dwight. They, they've sort of mended a, a, their relationship after what was it, Traveling Salesman, when Andy made Dwight quit because he wouldn't share that he Mm. did an errand for Angela going to New York. Mm -hmm. Um, But after he's gotten back, they've improved that relationship until they start dating. And he is really, really rough, but then he ends up weaseling his way into the affair with Angela. And I think maybe this is Dwight at his lowest point, um, at least as a person. 
because not only is he sad he can't properly be with Angela, but he's also ruining her engagement to Andy. Not that Andy and Angela were particularly well-matched anyways, but they might have had a chance at love without Dwight stepping into the middle of things. Yeah. Um, it's funny because I just threw back to our episode on Jim and Pam, who were also engaged and also had a minor, well, a, a, let me try that again. They uh-huh. had a minor cheating incident. This is a much more major one. And both couples were poorly matched. Both engaged couples were poorly matched. But you can't really compare the two because Jim and Pam, it was a kiss and or two, I guess, uh, and a profession of love. This was having sex multiple, multiple, multiple times. (laughs) So it's, you know, like they were having a full on relationship basically under Andy's nose. So. Part of me is like, oh, why is it okay for one and not for the other? And then I think about just all of the cheating that happened. Proportionality. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, it's, it was a full relationship, basically. And, then a, and a very unhealthy one. So, yeah, Dwight, I think, would never admit this, but he was probably very, very unhappy. Even when he was kind of getting what he wanted, which was to be with Angela, but he wasn't really with Angela. And I don't know. They just had a, such a long, tumultuous several years. Even when they were together, it was so dramatic and it was so hard. Uh, they were together, they weren't. And then they were and they were hiding it and they were hiding it and they were hiding it. And then she was with Andy and it was just, I don't know. It's, it's a rocky several years for them. And we see how much trust really matters to him in the duel when he finds out uh, this is the culmination of Andy and Angela's relationship. Dwight finds out that they or Angela and Andy did have sex only once, but they had sex. And Dwight was under the assumption that Angela was only having sex with him. And so when that trust was broken, uh, both Andy and Dwight cut off ties with Angela. And so uh, he goes off on his own. And that goes into seasons six and seven when he starts to broaden his horizons in partial, uh, in part, thanks to Joe Bennett, who says uh, any, anybody who's got money who isn't invest- investing in real estate is a dummy. He says, I'm not dumb. I'm smart. <laughs> um, and so he buys the office building. And so he's expanding his horizons. This is also the time period where he's doing like three different kinds of martial arts and waking up to meditate for several hours. And he's filling his life with everything. So he can't, Think feel. about the times when he's alone. <laughs> yeah. Um, so in one respect, he's still really depressed, but he's also just trying to fill his time with things that can distract him from his depres- depression. I remember that scene so well where he's like describing his day and mm-hmm. they, it's, it's a voiceover and then it cuts to his face and he just has crazy eyes. I'm fine. <laughs> I'm great. Everything's fine. Everything's, yeah. everything's good. And it's so clearly not. He's, he's just as you said, filling his life so that he doesn't feel anything. And that's just, it's so sad Um, because it's things that he may like, but it's not his core. His core is kind of broken. And so he's, he's trying to fill it with stuff that isn't going to fill it. Um, And he's filling it with so much. And he, he doesn't realize what it is that he's seeking. I don't think, I don't think he realizes that it's because of his separation from Angela or the absence of having that kind of intimate relationship that is making him so unhappy. Um, 
And then season eight and nine happens and he's struggling with not being made manager after Michael leaves. Um, but this is where his, the biggest part of his growth starts to come into place because he accepts that he didn't get the job because of his own mistakes. And that's something we, we keep saying something along this line, but it's true. This is something that season two, three, four Dwight wouldn't have ever done is admit fault. Um, okay. I mean, we see that in stress relief for crying out loud, where first he, he sets off the fire alarm and nearly kills Stanley. And then he cuts off the face of the dummy and he's just like, Oh, well, I thought it was this, or I was trying to do this. And it's not my fault that they weren't prepared for emergency situations. Uh, so he, he's throwing off blame on others, but finally in season eight and nine, he accepts that he did make mistakes. And it's because of that, that he's sort of paying the price of not getting the job he wanted. Um, but then you also get the, the evolution in his relationship with Angela here because they start the love contract and he goes through the roller coaster of her cutting that off and marrying the senator and having a son and then himself thinking that he's a parent, then finding out he's not and trying to move on romantically with Esther in season nine. So it's, it really is best described as a roller coaster. The, the things he goes through with fatherhood and not fatherhood and relationship with Angela and not relationship with Angela in those last couple of seasons. And I don't think he stops loving her for a second. He, I think since the very, very beginning, um, when they weren't together, I mean, he was worse. He was sad when they were not together. And then he tries so hard when Angela is with the Senator, but he's so sure and ultimately correct that Angela's son is his son and he can't shake that feeling. Uh, apparently his paternal instincts were very correct and accurate because he knows that Philip is his. And it just breaks his heart. He's just so sad. But he's mature enough now to separate himself. And which in its own way is is pretty heartbreaking for the audience because you see, especially with the senator's um, whole plot line of, of being, you know, gay. Um, you're like, they, they should just be together. But Angela is committed. And even when Angela... This is touching on her storyline a bit, but even once Angela uh, knows that the senator is gay, can't leave him because she signed up for this. She signed up for marriage, and that means better or worse, right? So, mm -hmm. till death do us part. Till death do us part. You're in it. And she doesn't feel like she can leave. And it's just, it's really heartbreaking. Uh, thankfully, that all resolves. <laughs> um, and what else resolves is Dwight's professional fulfillment when his dream is fulfilled in the end as David finally does appoint him as regional manager following Andy's whole ordeal <laughs> in season nine. Uh, so it's, it's nice to see Dwight achieving what he ultimately wanted to achieve and then having that relationship uh, with Angela that he ultimately wanted after sort of accepting. It, it's, it's funny, I mean, talking also a little bit about the two of them. Uh, in that last season, they are both unhappy and sort of accepting of that because they look at the other and think that they are happy, right? And Dwight looks at Robert in certain respects and thinks that Angela is happy with him, at least for a time. And so he's, he accepts, okay, well, I thought we should be together, but I'll move on with my life. And then after Angela has left the senator, 
she looks at Dwight and he's with Esther at this point. And she thinks, well, I had my chance with Dwight, with Dwight. I had my chance with Dwight, but I lost it. And so that's just the way things are. And so they, they're both sort of accepting of their situations, despite the other one would have been open to it had they just been approached. Um, yeah. At least following the events of, uh, what's that season nine episode? Um, moving on when they have that confrontation outside mm. the Senator's house. Um, I think it's outside the Senator's house. And he says, we've spent too much of our lives uh, pretending or what's the exact quote? I don't want to butcher this one. We have wasted too much of our lives ignoring the fact that we belong together. Mm. Yeah. So following the events of that is when they just sort of accept their situation. Like, well, we had our chances and we both missed it. And so we'll move on with our lives. But again, in the end, they do find that resolution and they do end up happy. Um, any more to say about Dwight specifically? Uh, I do have, uh, I do want to talk about his relationship with Michael just a little bit and his relationship with Jim, but anything beside that? Yeah, just for him overall, he becomes so much more human. He mm -hmm. learns that it's okay to feel things and that it's okay to be mad and sad and happy. And he's he just grows up so much and i think his and maybe michael's are my favorite developments throughout the series they're just wholesome and good and you want them to be successful and they are for sure i mean dwight especially in those last two seasons his growth is outstanding and he's one of the best characters i mean following michael's departure you had to shift the focus to somebody who you were going to root who you were going to root for and the way they sort of took Michael from season one and made him more likable in season two. I won't say that Dwight was unlikable in the first seven seasons, but the transition into becoming a complete person who does experience that heartbreak and does have these aspirations that he doesn't get at first, but then ultimately achieves. Uh, it's really satisfying seeing that in those last couple seasons. Now, um, just Briefly, talking about his relationship with Michael, which we already talked about a little bit. Um, he does start off as a blind follower of Michael. He does overstep him for the betterment of the company in the coup. Uh, but then you get to, especially the Michael's Got Paper Company arc um, at the end of season five. And he's got more disdain for Michael um, as we see sometimes they're friends outside the office. Sometimes they hang out outside the office. A lot of times they don't. Um, we get to season seven when he finds out that Michael never recommended Michael for the manager position. Um, so they, they have their rough pass They have their rough patches where they're just coworkers, where they're mentor mentee, they're friends they're, They they go through several different aspects of their relationship. Yeah. I think um, they start off with Dwight putting Michael in an unfair and unhealthy advantage mm -hmm. where he can do no wrong. And then it evolves into Michael's the scum of the earth. And right. then they end up in a really good friend position and they are, they're friends and they'll be friends for life. So they've, they've hit all the marks. And as we saw at Dwight's wedding, uh, Michael is, is ultimately the best man. And uh, I don't think. Even though season one, Dwight would have just absolutely loved it if Michael was his best man, <laughs> if he were to get married in season one, it mm -hmm. wouldn't have been, they wouldn't have been friends, but they've been through so much together that they truly are some of 
the best friends that, that they can have. Um, yeah, the fact I is Michael really traveled from Colorado to Pennsylvania to go to the wedding. Mm-hmm. So uh, Michael realized Dwight's importance in his life by that point, too. Um, then his relationship with Jim, uh, we see a big change in that as well. I mean, we saw how my, or how Dwight and Pam became kind of friends pretty early on in season three. Uh, but relationship with Jim, he goes from a work annoyance in the beginning to uh, a rivalry to eventually hatred when Jim gets the co-manager uh, and Dwight develops the dastardly plot with Ryan. And, you know, there are glimmers of hope for friendship for the two of them throughout the series, mostly in like season four, when uh, Jim tries to comfort Dwight in his heartbreak from Angela by saying, you know, watching the woman you love be with someone else is something he wouldn't wor- he wouldn't wish on his worst enemy. And, you know, Dwight considers them to be enemies at this point. And so it's meaningful for Jim to take the moment to try and comfort him this way. But obviously the biggest change in their relationship comes in season eight at the end of the Florida arc. Yeah. Jim in Florida knows that, uh, that Robert is about to ax Dwight. And this, this is really kind it, it starts off as, as a gym development, I think. So maybe we should have mentioned it then, but we can mention it now. Where he knows that Dwight's about to get fired and physically attacks him <laughs> in order to make that not happen. And Dwight is super hesitant. Oh, Jim just wants my job or Jim wants, you know, Jim's pranking me. And Jim really does everything on Pam's encouragement, to warn Dwight. And once Dwight realizes that Jim was telling the truth, I think that really solidifies in Dwight's head who Jim is to him. And yes, lots of years of pranks, lots of years of of frenemies, but he is another person that eventually... Like, he, he would put himself in, in harm's way at the end of the series, I, I, I truly believe, for Jim. Uh, because Jim finally proved himself to be a friend. Uh, and, and that took a lot because, you know, of his own fault by pranking Dwight for all those years. But it was finally, I think the balance was struck. It was, we, we talked about Dwight's uh, trust and how he, he values that so much. Um, and it's Jim proving that he could be trusted in protecting Dwight in, uh, keeping his job that does lend to that, that, that friendship that does develop in season nine. Yeah. There's some rivalries that continue in season nine. They do have their conflict like in work bus. Um, but they end with Jim serving as Dwight's original bestish mensch and that, that finale or yeah, is it the finale? Yeah. The finale ends up being just a really happy time seeing them being truly friends for an episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, we saw glimpses of that, but to, to have them no question be friends uh, un, unabashedly in that last episode is a really satisfying conclusion to their relationship with each other. Anything now, else on Dwight? I don't think so. Let's go ahead to Angela. Um, and with Angela, I, I sort of have her, first four seasons kind of clumped together. Um, there's not 
as much character development. I mean, we learn again from the Office Ladies podcast that she wasn't even a series regular until Booze Cruise officially. Like that that's when most of the cast became series regulars instead of just guest stars. Um which is so crazy. Yeah, it is. It's weird to think um, about. So for most of the, the the first half of the show, she's the same kind of character throughout. She's a super Christian. She's a rule follower. She's super into her cats. She goes to work to work and not to play around. Um, she's the fierce head of the party planning committee. She's not really well liked by anyone in particular. Um, anything else to say about her there? I just think of her as offended all the time. Yeah, you know? basically. She's just chronically offended by something. It's funny how somebody as small in stature as her can look down her nose at everybody. Yeah, truly. (laughs) (laughs) What a great casting choice. I mean, she's just, she's so much energy in a little person. Um, But yeah, I feel like her character really didn't develop for a while. But when it did, man, did it turn 180. Uh Um, She... Yeah, she she started out super, super uh, rigid, maybe even more so than Dwight, and probably didn't have many hobbies except for playing with her cats. You know, she went two yeah. places, three places, church, work, and home, and that's that was her life. Eventually, I'm trying to think. Uh, I think season four is where it does start to turn when she does break off with Dwight because of yeah. sprinkles and then gets with Andy. Yeah, that's um, sort of what thing, I was thinking. Yeah, and then the thing is, Andy chooses Angela not because, I mean, she's not unattractive, but she's not like the most attractive person in the office. She's she's really the only available woman in the office. Remember that whole thing starts because Andy approaches Jim and says, oh, I'm horny. Uh, who can I get with? Mm-hmm. And They uh, thought it'd be funny. And, <laughs> yeah, and Angela's the only available woman in the office. Uh, I mean, kind of. There's Meredith. There's... Phyllis, who's with Bob Vance, Vance Refrigeration. Mm-hmm. There's Kelly, who's with Ryan. Um, I mean, is there anybody else? Mm, no. No, I, I, it, that's, that's it. Um, so she initially goes with Andy to get back at Dwight for killing Sprinkles. And I wanted to ask, do we think she ever really loved Andy or would have gone through with the wedding at any point? Oh. I think those are two different questions. Okay. Um, I think she never felt anything for Andy. I, I really don't. Um, I think she if, barely tolerated Andy. If uh, I could offer one moment okay. of counterpoint, though. Yeah. What about the moment when Andy is trying to bend over backwards to please her for the wedding? And he says, you know, really, I don't care where we get married or how we get married. All I, all I care about is that we're going to spend the rest of our lives together. And she kisses him in that moment. And he, uh, yeah. that's, that's the only thing. And so uh, you make I, a I compelling would agree with argument. you. Maybe she doesn't love him in that moment, but I think she does at least for a split second, see the possibility of a future with him yeah. because he does genuinely seem to care about her. At the very least, it's a, I love that you said that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I think that's probably the only moment that she even got butterflies in her stomach ever about him. <laughs> like that's a gr- huge, romantic, beautiful thing to say. And that's wonderful. And even then it only warranted a peck, you know, Right. <laughs> like, all right, that's, that's not love clearly. <laughs> Sorry. Um, so yeah, that's, that's a 
big, weird relationship for her and doesn't even really put 100% into it. Andy, bless him, is really trying. He just, he just wants to make her happy. Yes, he's a people pleaser and he wants to be acknowledged, but when your fiance won't acknowledge (laughs) all the work you're doing and won't even, I don't know, acknowledge you as anything, uh, it's, it's clearly not a good match. So that's a weird time in her life. And, uh, she is sleeping with Dwight the whole time, by the way. And in season five, she's caught having an affair by Phyllis and she's removed from being in charge of the party planning committee. I guess that's something we could talk about a little bit is her relationship with Phyllis because Angela treats Phyllis pretty poorly from the, from the get go. I mean, she treats a lot of people poorly, but she's especially venomous towards Phyllis. Yeah, they have a really bad relationship. Um, she is constantly looming over Phyllis's head. Phyllis, how dare she have a thought on how to plan a party? And Angela just snaps at her and yells at her and calls her names. And then they, th- there's a time where the turntables, <laughs> uh, because Angela, after being caught by Phyllis, Phyllis uses that information as blackmail and is now the head of the party planning committee and makes Angela do all of this grunt work to make the parties run and has things going her way and and the parties that Phyllis wants to plan that Angela clearly hates. Moroccan Christmas, Angela never would have done that. Mm -hmm. And finally... It snaps. Angela said, I'm, I don't care. I don't care if you tell them. I don't care. I'm not doing this. And so Phyllis does tell the whole office that, uh, that she, Angela, and Dwight are having an affair. Now, Andy is not in the room for that and does not hear it. So there's this big, huge elephant in the room uh, up until the duel where, where it comes clean and they, <laughs> they duel over Angela, resulting in neither one of them being with Angela. It's that time in the show that I, I said this when we were talking about it. I so dislike Angela in that part of the show because here she is leading on Andy into thinking that they're going to spend the rest of their lives together. And at the same time, while Andy is trying to pl- uh, plan a wedding that's going to make her happy, which is an impossible task, she'll she'll say something to him and or he'll say something to her and then she'll call Dwight and they'll go have sex in the warehouse. And it, she is truly awful in that run of the show. Um, and so I'm glad when they get past all of that and for, for Andy's sake, I'm glad when they get past all of that and to, to say how much I, how much I dislike her in that part of the show, it really says something about how much I think I like her in the ending of the show because of all she goes through, how sympathetic I am towards the whole situation with the Senator and with, with Robert, the state Senator. The um, state Senator. Yeah. <laughs> And, you know, it's in Wolf.com that she does meet Robert and does break things off with Dwight with the whole sex contract. Um, And the senator finally brings a lot of meaning to her life. This is somebody of importance where she can be scrutinized in public. She she thinks she always could stand up to the even the the harshest of scrutiny and things seem to be great. They they have a kid together. Uh, But then Oscar begins his affair with Robert and as he suspected was gay all along and Angela's marriage just begins to collapse Uh, before it falls apart though. She has to live and deal with the knowledge that her long trusted friend and coworker 
has been sleeping with her husband behind his back. It hurts. And uh, that that is when I have such sympathy for her is her having to live with the fact that her friend and coworker of many years, like if Angela had any friends at the office, um, even if it was only one, it would be Oscar because they sat next to each other. They tolerated each other. They were uh, surrogate parents for Kevin <laughs> in a lot of ways. Um, and for that person, her one friend of the office to betray her, that hurts. And it's, it's a really tough time for her. And so for her, for her to go from somebody I actively dislike to somebody I have a lot of sympathy for, uh, says something about the writing of the show. And I think as awful as it is, I think her being the one, uh, being cheated on, what's the, like (laughs) her being, uh, in a relationship where her significant other is cheating on her, I think makes her realize that what she did to Andy was not good. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, which she needed. I don't think she ever really thought about Andy's feelings. She was so cavalier about her whole situation over there. Like, okay, whoever wins the duel can have my hand. Okay. Do you not care (laughs) who you marry? Like, it's like the worst reality dating show ever. Like you just (laughs) don't care. Um, I don't know. It, It always just seems so irresponsible to me that you would just gamble with your future like that. Um, so when Robert is cheating on her with Oscar, yes, her her whole world is shocked, is wrecked, I think, on two fronts that she kind of realizes who she had been in the past, as well as what you said uh, with Oscar. And then, of course, her marriage kind of <laughs> falling apart. And it's in season nine when the marriage actually ends and Angela is left to fend on her own with a baby. And again, a lot of sympathy her way. She's being single mom. She's trying to hold on to her cats, which are what made her happy before all of this relationship nonsense. And it proves to be too much for her. But then Oscar uh, proves that he made a mistake and is still ultimately a good person because he offers his help because of, after all, they were both hurt by Robert. Um, so they have a thing in common now and their relationship strengthens. And he eventually, as we learn from Dwight in the end, becomes godfather to her son. Uh, so it's nice to see that relationship mended after going through such an ordeal. Um, and then she finally humbles herself. And just like it was important for Dwight to admit his own mistakes in seasons eight and nine, Angela finally admits to hers and admits to her mistakes over the years, namely turning down Dwight. And she just sort of resigns herself to this life of loneliness until Dwight sets aside Esther for her son or no son. Um, he says, I will raise 100 children with 100 of your lovers. If it means that I can be with you. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's, it's Dwight, uh, saying that he loves her, whether Philip is his son or not, uh, that, that ultimately, makes her happy and helps her to admit that Philip is Dwight's son. And they again, have that happy relationship. And uh, just speaking of characters, making amends with each other and having happy endings. I think one of the relationships that makes me happiest in that finale is that between her and Phyllis and seeing how they have come full circle and become friends in the end. And Phyllis, you know, Angela's ankle is hurting in the finale because of of Moe's shoving her into the trunk of a car. (laughs) And Phyllis says, you know what? I will carry you down the aisle if I have to. And 
it's it's a really special moment to see Phyllis actually carrying Angela down the aisle when they were such enemies in a lot of ways early in the show. Any other thoughts to wrap up Angela? I don't think so. And I, I think that pretty much sums up my thoughts on Dwight and Angela in general too, unless you have some final thoughts. No, I, uh, I think, I think that wraps it up. I think so too. I, and they, they aren't Jim and Pam, like Jim and Pam were perfect for each other for a long time. And then they had their rough patches and it was sort of the opposite for Dwight and Angela, where they had their rough patches for a long time. And then finally, and realized that they were perfect for each other. Or at least that they, even if they weren't perfect for each other, they had a lot of feelings for each other that were reciprocated. Um, and so seeing the huge amount of growth that those, that these two characters went through in these last couple of seasons is really special uh, because it gives us somebody other than Jim and, Fo- Jim and Pam to root for. Yeah. Um, and it puts a different spin on the humanity again of the show and how even if you're not perfect for each other, you can still be in love and, and make it work. Um, it's interesting that, that you compared them because Jim and Pam, yeah, I mean, it's clear from episode one that they're meant to be together. It's not clear with Dwight and Angela. They, I don't think they're perfect together and that's okay. Um, I'm a big believer that you don't have to be soulmates, you know? You can still love someone very, very much and choose to make it work. And I think that's what Dwight and Angela do. Um, because they clash a lot, but their love overcomes that, which is really beautiful. Agreed. And with that, I think that's going to, that's going to wrap up episode 40. We said before recording, there's no way this goes as long as our (laughs) discussion did. And now we're sitting at 43 minutes instead of 45. So I guess we were right in one respect. We were right. Quick, (laughs) wrap it up. (laughs) So let's go through social media real quick. We still have one more bonus episode to record. So uh, you can find me on Twitter at Chadadada. That is the best place. That is C-H-A-D-A-D-A-D-A. Where can they find you, Katie? Also on Twitter, ktlady 623 And uh, the podcast. Gosh, it's hard, but it's not written in front of you. You can find <laughs> us on Twitter at WorkplacePod. Also, our email is at WorkplacePod. Nope, it's WorkplacePod <laughs> at gmail.com. Uh, questions, saying hi, etc. We'd love to hear from you. And that's it, everybody. Thank you. And we'll see you in one more bonus episode. Bye. Bye.